Welcome back to the Homestyle MMA Podcast. Sean Van Buren here for episode 33. Shout out to all the homies checking us out right now. I appreciate all of you. We are back for a new year, 2023. I hope that you all enjoyed the time off and are ready to dive back into the UFC fast and heavy to start the year with several fight nights and pay-per-views already lined up. Today we are talking about the upcoming and first UFC fight night of the year, Strickland versus Imavov. Interesting matchups to start the year before we have a pay-per-view lined up next week. Strickland took this fight during Monday of fight week because Kelvin Gastelum had to pull out with a mouth injury, so already getting some chaos in 2023. Many of these fights on Saturday are in smaller weight classes, so it could be interesting. Uh, Typically that yields maybe more wrestling, uh, higher cardio, higher pace, hopefully should be an exciting start to the year. Let's go and check these fights out. As always, we start off with the UFC prelims. Those are going to start at 4 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday with Priscilla Cachoeira versus Sejara Eubanks. Priscilla comes in three inches taller, but she is giving up two inches in reach. She's on a two-fight win streak and has won four of her last five. She carries a lot of knockout power for this weight class with a 7-0 knockout record. Sajara Eubanks lost her last fight, and she's only won one of her last four. She's also predominantly a striker, but doesn't carry the power that Priscilla has. I think this fight will be fairly one-sided. I think Priscilla Cachoeira is the stronger fighter on the feet. And while Eubanks will have a wrestling advantage, I don't see her getting more than two total takedowns if this goes a full three rounds. If Cachoeira can minimize her time on the ground, I think she will more than make up for it with her striking. Charles Johnson versus Jimmy Flick will follow that, with Johnson gaining a two-inch advantage in reach and height. He's a former LFA champion who lost his UFC debut against a wrestling-heavy fighter and came back to win a split decision in his last fight. Johnson is a striker. He's susceptible to takedowns, and he can also be kept there once it hits the mats. Very bad news when fighting Jimmy Flick. Flick is a jiu-jitsu specialist, with 14 of his 16 pro wins coming by submission. He earned a spot on the roster with a submission win on Dana White's Contender Series, and followed that up with a submission win in his UFC debut. He is susceptible to the knockout, with a 0-4 record by knockout, so he has to get this fight to the ground if he wants a shot at winning. To me, both fighters are kind of one-trick ponies, if you will, but I think Jimmy Flick only needs to get this fight to the ground once to find that finishing win. So with this fight, this is a styles-make-matchups type of fight. I think Johnson will be the better striker. Flick significantly better on the ground. It's a clash of styles. we got to see who can put their game plan onto their opponent and really dominate from that aspect of strategy. I think that will decide our winner. Next on the prelims is Dan Argetta versus Nick Aguirre. So another fight week change here. There's a few of them on this fight card. Dan Argetta was slated to face a different opponent who had to withdraw, and Nick Aguirre steps in on short notice for his UFC debut. Undefeated Nick Aguirre, he's finished all seven of his wins by a mix of knockouts and submissions. Dan Argetta is a former LFA champion who at 8-1 had his first and only professional loss in his last fight during his UFC debut. During that fight, he was controlled on the ground by really an elite grappling fighter. Since this is the debut of Nick Aguirre, we don't 
know yet the details behind his impressive record. This could be a really great fight with two young and hungry fighters. I'm staying away from this one from a betting standpoint, but I'm actually leaning towards the UFC newcomer, Nick Aguirre, with his impressive 7-for-7 finishing wins. Alan Nascimento versus Carlos Hernandez will follow that with similar-sized fighters. Carlos lost his pro MMA debut and has since won eight straight, including a split decision on Dana White's Contender Series and a split decision in his UFC debut. Allen has won 14 of his 19 fights by submission, but lost his UFC debut and followed that up with a decision win. This should be an interesting fight, because both fighters like to take the fight to the ground. The problem for Carlos is that I think Alan Nascimento will have significant advantage in that arena. Carlos Hernandez likes to go for a lot of takedowns, but this matchup may cause him to have to change his strategy, which can cause issues. You're getting him out of his comfort zone. I'm not sure he can go to those takedowns, which is what he's so comfortable doing against such a skilled jiu-jitsu fighter. I think this fight will inevitably hit the ground, and Alan Nascimento hands Carlos Hernandez his first ever submission loss as a pro. Javed Basharat versus Mateus Mendonca will follow that. Javed's three inches taller, but he's giving up two and a half inches in reach. Someone's always got to go. Two undefeated fighters, both with plenty of submission and knockout finishes in their careers. Javed earned a spot on Dana White's Contender Series and followed that up with two more wins. Mateus won his Dana White's Contender Series appearance and will now be making his UFC debut. For where the odds stand right now, with Javed being such a large favorite, I'd maybe consider just staying away from this one. I don't think we know enough about Mateus Mendonca, and his topology profile looks pretty decent. I think this will just be a great fight, and even though both fighters are prolific finishers, I could see this one actually going the distance. I think the odds are a little bit wide on this one, so be careful betting Javed Basharat with the maybe smaller return than I think is warranted, and maybe recognize some of the value on Mateus Mendonca if you're leaning his way. That follows next fight, <laughs> another similar name here. We have another Mateus. This is Mateus Rebecki versus Nick Fiore. More new to the UFC fighters coming in on this one, Rebecca won his Dana White's Contender Series fight in his last bout, and this is the UFC debut for Nick Fiore. Nick has finished every pro UFC fight, two by knockout and four by submission. Rebecca is also well-balanced, having finished 14 of his 16 pro wins, eight by knockout, six by submission. I think this will be an all-action fight that does not see the judges, because these fighters are looking to make statements in the UFC. I think Rebecca will likely get the win with his experience, but I like this fight to not go the distance. Our final prelim fight finds Claudio Ribeiro versus Abdul Razak Alhassan. Ribeiro is three inches taller, he's a four inch reach advantage, and he's a hard hitting striker, winning by knockout in 25 seconds in his last fight on Dana White's Contender Series. All 10 of his wins have come by knockout. Abdul is also predominantly a striker but I think it would do well for him to maybe go for just a few takedowns in this one. All 11 of Abdul Razak Al-Hassan's pro fights wins have come by knockouts as well. All this to say someone's going to sleep, guys. We have two knockout artists. Abdul has struggled in the UFC lately, having won only one of his last five fights. Both of these fighters typically find the knockout in round one. So don't blink once this fight gets started. I'm leaning... Claudio Ribeiro due to his momentum straight up, but I think the best bet in this one would be to bet on a knockout either way, since that's the only way these guys win. That wraps up our UFC prelims. Let's take a look at that UFC main card. 
The UFC main card kicks off at 7 o'clock on Saturday following the prelims with Umar Nurmagomedov versus Ryoni Barcelos. Number 11 ranked bantamweight Umar has an inch in height and 2 inches in reach advantages. Umar had a few appearances in the PFL before coming over to the UFC and winning 3 straight. He is undefeated at 15-0, but he only has 8 finishes, so he does go to decisions fairly often, and that's typically due to his aggressive wrestling attack. He's all about takedowns, vying for position before going into more of an attack mode. He is willing to control you on the ground, wear you down a little bit, and kind of keep himself out of danger. So with that wrestling-heavy attack, that clock is kind of an enemy when you are trying to get finishes. Four of his last six wins have been by submission, as he has found further success with his wrestling attack since fighting outside of Dagestan. After winning five straight to start his UFC career, on the other side of the octagon, Ryoni Barcelos lost back-to-back fights before rebounding in another win in his last appearance. Barcelos is more of a well-rounded MMA fighter. He mixes in wrestling and jiu-jitsu with his striking attack for a more well-balanced approach. He has been submitted once before in the past, but he will go for many takedowns, and he has a lot of striking power. Look, this will be an excellent fight. I think Umar Nurmagomedov is the correct favorite, but I'm not sure that the odds should be this wide in favor of Umar. There's value going for Rayoni in this one because I think that he will be much more efficient in the striking, and he does have ground game of his own. It's maybe not as good as Umar, but... Even if he can just hold his own and get back to his feet, that could be huge. I think these fighters are equally high level enough that this fight will go long. I think Umar will likely win. Like I said, I think he's the likely favorite. But if you see that value as well in Ryanie Barcelos, maybe just sprinkle a little bit, maybe half a unit or less on him if you're so inclined as such a big underdog. Uh, I do think these odds are too wide. So if you're more of a value better, I kind of do see some value here on Ryanie Barcelos. Kellen Vieira versus Raquel Pennington will follow that fight with the number two ranked women's bantamweight, Kellen Vieira, taking on number five ranked Raquel Pennington. After fighting and winning in back to back five round main events, Vieira returns for a three round fight here. That being said, I do think both of those last two wins were incredibly close and could have easily been losses as well. This fight is massive as the winner is likely facing champion Amanda Nunes next, especially if one of them can get it done by finish. Pennington has a lot of momentum right now with four straight wins. On paper, I think that Vieira is slightly better. I think she's a tad sharper with her striking and maybe a bit better offensively wrestling. I think the winner of this fight will be whomever can wrestle with more success because I think this fight is so close on the feet. Both women will mix in takedowns, so this should be a really close fight. Despite everything I just said, I'm actually leaning Raquel Pennington right now because I think her wrestling defense is a bit better than Ketlin Vieira's, and that may be the difference in this fight. I also feel that if she does get taken down, I think her jiu-jitsu will be strong enough where she will either escape the position quickly, reverse the position, and turn it into a positive of her own. Regardless, I think if Pennington gets taken down, I think her jiu-jitsu skills will allow her to turn that situation on its head and make it a positive for herself. Punahele Soriano versus Roman Kopilov is next. Kopilov has a two and a half inch reach advantage. Both fighters have finished eight of their nine pro wins each. 
Soriano comes in off of a win to end a two-fight losing streak, and Kopilov lost his first two UFC fights, but ended the year with his first UFC win. Kopilov is pretty exclusively a striker, but he also has decent takedown defense. The biggest issue that I see for Kopilov is that while he will defend most of the takedowns that come his way, if you do get him down at all, you can keep him there and work for a finish while gaining control time, winning that round. So it's tough. If you get him down, he struggles to get back up. Kind of fortunately for him, though, Soriano is predominantly a stand-up striker as well. It should be a very exciting fight because I don't think either fighter will take this fight to the ground. There are some hard-hitting strikers, these two fighters. They're both looking to build winning streaks. Expect plenty of action. I do like Punahele Soriano in this one because I think they will be fairly even on the feet. But I also feel like if a takedown does occur, it will be Punahele Soriano initiating that takedown and maybe getting it to the ground once or maybe twice in this fight. So it's going to be close. I think this is an interesting fight. They're similar style fighters. I think Soriano has the slight edge in wrestling. He doesn't use it often, but man, this would be the fight to do so. That takes us to our co-main event, Dan Ige versus Damon Jackson. Jackson brings in a 4-inch height advantage in this one, but he's the unranked fighter trying to crack the top 15. Dan Ige is the number 13 ranked featherweight. After finding tremendous success upon entering the UFC, Dan Ige has had a tough go of it lately with one win in his last five fights. Jackson is on the up and up, four straight wins, uh, including a surprise knockout win to end the year. Damon Jackson has finished 19 of his 22 wins with 15 of those by submission. Unfortunately, I think this is a tough matchup for Dan Ige again. I think the size advantage for Damon Jackson will help him cover the striking skill level gap because Dan Ige is the better stand-up fighter. But Damon Jackson will maul Dan Ige on the ground. Look for Damon Jackson to use his long-range striking weapons, use that height to really keep himself safe on the feet, and then he will... Level change to the takedown where, you know, Ige is really at a significant disadvantage, I think, whenever Dan Ige does cover that gap and gets in close so that he can start unloading striking himself. Once on the ground, Damon Jackson will win this fight through control time or submission. It's just a tough matchup, I think, for Dan Ige again. I think it'll be an impressive win if he can pull it off. He has to overcome some size disadvantages. He is the clear better striker, though. So we have to keep that in mind. Dan Ige is definitely the better striker in this fight. But Damon Jackson is definitely the better ground fighter on this fight. So it'll be really interesting. The fight starts standing, so we'll have to see if Damon Jackson can get that takedown. That takes us to our UFC Fight Night main event. We have our somewhat surprising main event with Sean Strickland versus Nasruddin Imavov. Fight week changed for this main event. As I mentioned to earlier in the podcast on Monday, Kelvin Gastelum had to pull out due to a mouth injury, and number seven ranked middleweight Sean Strickland stepped in with this fight now taking place at light heavyweight. Imvov is the number 12 ranked middleweight as well. Not sure how the UFC is viewing this fight since it is taking place at a different weight class, but this is an otherwise very interesting matchup. These fighters are at diverging career paths. And I like Imavov here. He's won three straight, four of his five UFC fights. Strickland's on a two-fight skid that ended his six-fight win streak. 
He lost a close split decision his last time out, although I do think it was the correct decision. This is an interesting fight. Mainly interesting fight change, because I thought that Imovov had the advantage wherever the fight would take place against Gastelum. But with this last-minute change of opponent, I do think that Sean is the better striker. Now, if this fight hits the mats at all, I think Nasruddin Imovov will have a big advantage. Imovov will go for some takedowns, but it is mostly to mix in the level changes with his striking. He is the more well-rounded MMA fighter, and I think that Sean Strickland would have had a much better chance at winning with a full camp. But I think that Nasruddin Imovov is a special fighter. He seems ready to me to make that push into the upper elite of the middleweight division. And it begins by beating a fighter of the caliber of a Sean Strickland, who's only lost to the elite of the division. Look for Nasruddin Imovov to get the statement win in this one, and really propel himself up the rankings of the middleweight division. Like I said though, this fight is at light heavyweight because of the fight week change. Sean Strickland obviously couldn't cut all the way down to 185 in just a couple of days. So they were fighting heavy. It's it's just strange. Um, this has happened before in this division. It happened with the Paulo Costa fight uh, with Vittori last year when uh, they had to fight heavy there as well. Uh, it's just, I'm not sure. It's interesting. Really would have loved Gastelum to have not had the mouth injury, but obviously he would have preferred that as well. That wraps up our UFC review for Saturday. Let's take a look at our bets. As always, please bet responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call your state's hotline. All right, everybody, let's go into new year. New chances here, new opportunities. Let's get our bets going with the prelims. Priscilla Cachoeira versus Sajara Eubanks. I grabbed Priscilla Cachoeira money line at plus 200. I was pretty surprised to see her as such a large underdog. I really like that play. Uh, so definitely feeling good about our first bet of the year. Charles Johnson versus Jimmy Flick. I went Jimmy Flick money line plus 295. Another one where I thought the odds were really wide. We went with value. I could see Jimmy Flick winning that fight on the ground. It is risky. He could definitely lose that fight on the feet, which is where every fight starts. So it's interesting. We took two underdogs to start the year. I preached all last year. I would try to take less underdogs. I just can't help it, guys. I can't help it. If I see who I think is going to win, we make that bet. Dan Argetta versus Nick Aguirre. That was a no bet for us, leaning Nick Aguirre, but yeah, that fight is a coin toss to me. We're going to leave that one alone. Alan Nascimento versus Carlos Hernandez. We went with Alan Nascimento by sub. That line is not available yet. Some of these alternate lines are not out yet. They'll be out later in the week. As always, please check out the social media pages for the podcast. I'll let you know where to find those at the end of the podcast, as I will grab those likely on Friday or so, maybe Saturday morning, uh, once they're available, and I'll let you know what line we got as a podcast. Javed Basharat versus Mateus Mendonca. This is going to be possibly a no bet. I'm leaning over one and a half rounds, but if that's still a really large negative number, we might just leave it alone. Mateus Rebecki versus Nick Fiore, fight to not go the distance, and Claudio Ribeiro versus Abdul Razak Alhassan, fight to end by knockout. Again, those are not available just yet, so please check out the social pages. But for the UFC main card, we got everything we need. Umar Nurmagomedov versus Ryuni Barcelos. We went Umar Nurmagomedov by decision, minus 177. 
This is what I want to say about this fight. I've stuck to this for a long time with the podcast. I will make a bet for every main card fight. This is probably one of my least favorite bets that I've made. I know Umar for this uh, Saturday. Umar Nurmagomedov is a massive favorite. I could see him winning by decision, absolutely, but I thought the odds are just too wide, and I do see the value for Barcelos. Not enough to take it, because <laughs> uh, I do think Umar Nurmagomedov by decision is a good bet. I would have loved it a lot more if it was closer to minus 140, but we're going to take it at minus 177. Ketlin Vieira versus Raquel Pennington. Raquel Pennington money line plus 102. Nice little underdog there. Punahele Soriano versus Roman Kopilov. Punahele Soriano money line minus 160. Dan Ige versus Damon Jackson. Damon Jackson money line plus 102. This line surprised me a little bit. Um, I thought it would be around a coin toss, which it kind of is. But the polarizing nature of each fighter, Dan Ige, significantly better striker. Damon Jackson, significantly better on the ground. But having the height and size advantage, if Damon Jackson fights smart, this should be a... It's not going to be an easy win. Danny Gay is an excellent fighter, but I think if he gets this fight down in the first round, he could finish it right then and there. And for our main event, Sean Strickland versus Nasruddin Imavov. We went with Nasruddin Imavov, money line minus 110. So another kind of coin toss bet. A lot of great matchups on this first Saturday of the 2023 UFC season. That takes us to the Homestop Perfect Plate Parlay. We have Alan Nascimento Moneyline, Mateus Rebecki Moneyline, and Damon Jackson Moneyline for plus 188. That wraps up our bets. Let's go ahead and wrap up the podcast. First podcast of the 2023 year. Very excited. Another year of MMA. The PFL was fantastic to end our year. The UFC was great all around. Some weird things happened last year in the UFC, though, guys. We're hoping for more clarity with judging. Uh, Maybe just less odd things happening. Potential big returns we talked about towards the end of last year. Some potential fighters coming back. Some matchups to look out for. It's going to be a great year, guys. It's going to be a great year of MMA. If it plays out how it should, you know, John Jones, Conor McGregor returning potentially. There's a lot of excitement here. As always, please bet responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call your state's hotline. I'll be posting my verdict scorecard predictions prior to the event on social media for the podcast. Now, this is the thing, guys. The podcast, in verdict, it's a brand new thing they started this year. They have started leagues. It's almost like a fantasy league system in verdict. And the podcast has an official league in Verdict. If you want to compete with me and fellow listeners by making fight predictions, it's free. It's technically not gambling. It's it's legal in every state, so you can have fun with it. You go onto the Verdict app, go to the leagues section, and search the Homestyle MMA podcast in Verdict Leagues to join. Free to join, free to play. It's just fun, little competition between us together. Uh, you know, hopefully we all do well and have some good times doing it. Please go follow at the Homestyle MMA Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and at Homestyle MMA Pod on Twitter. Check out www.thehomestylemmapodcast.podbean.com for additional information about the podcast, 
uh, we're just going to have some fun. Make sure you check out the social pages before Saturday. I'm going to have these alternate lines posted that we're just waiting on the sports books to release. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, like, comment, and review. Next week, we'll do a rapid recap from this card and preview the first pay-per-view of the year, UFC 283, to versus Hill. Hopefully this time around, we finally have another light heavyweight champion. Till next time, this was Sean Van Buren on the Homestyle MMA Podcast. Y'all have a good one.